Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City, and I'm broadcasting tonight from the bright red desk on a nice, hot Sunday evening, and it is July 2-6. We are into Leo time. Uh, so it's nice and hot and steamy here. I had the air conditioning on today. Um, I'm really a fangirl, but, you know, when it's this hot, I go for the air conditioning and uh, send Con Ed extra money. Um, yeah, so the week ahead, kind of exciting, and I do want you, before we go into the week ahead, I had said to you, pay attention to what happens on July 24th, July 25th, and today, and tomorrow too. And um, because what this is going to be is this is going to be the story, the fight, the argument, the direction, the action we're going to be taking, all those words apply, when Mars goes retrograde, because on those days, Mars entered his shadow. And as he enters his shadow, he kind of kicks up and he says, ha ha, this is what we're going to work with, right? So that's what happened. So hopefully you were paying attention. And if not, I want you to think about where the Aries heart, Aries is in your chart, where 15 Aries is in your chart. Um, and that is the new, that's the story you're going to be working on. Of course, I, as your faithful astrologer here, paid attention to the stories going on in the collective, right? So I'm going to report on them briefly before we get into the week's weather, but I think they're kind of fun. So first up, um, you know, we have, in the, we have the D- Department of Homeland Security, you know, because the government, the, the Army refused to reply, you know, land on the, the Army is banned from landing on civil, on our grounds. He's supposed to fight other places. So when they turned Trump down in um, Lafayette Square, the Army said, no, we're not doing that anymore. Sorry, sorry. So what's been going on, and I don't know if you've been paying attention, is in uh, Oregon, which is where the eclipse came in. Remember, Oregon came in there, so we're going to watch that red line draw from Oregon all the way through South Carolina. Um, Oregon, they've got Department of Homeland Security guys there blasting tear grass at people, you know, against the protesters. So a couple things happened, which I thought was really interesting. One, there was a Marine there who stood there and said to these guys, you know, what about your oath of office? What about your oath of your oath to the Constitution, your oath to the Constitution? And they broke his hand with the um, billy clubs, right? So there was a Marine that got his hand broken. And then there were the mothers that came out. Now, m- mind you, it's pretty, I mean, I, I haven't gone out and protested. I'm in the at risk, you know, I'm old, whatever. <laughs> but the mothers came out. I'm like, wow, the mothers are out. Okay, and they formed a mother chain. And then the dads came out, and they were saying the dads are out with the leaf blowers. I'm like, is there some symbolic nature of leaf blowers? Didn't really get it. And then the Marines came out, the vets came out, because of the veteran that had his hand blown. So I was reading about it this morning, because I'm watching. I'm like, okay, moms, dads with leaf blowers, Marines, all lining up to help the protesters in Portland. And so I'm reading this morning, and I'm, you know, I just didn't occur to me. So the guys, the dads with the leaf blowers are blowing the chemicals back at the Homeland Security guys, right? I'm like, God damn, Americans are inventive, you know, because it's, it's, it's uh, aerosoled chemicals, right? So they're just like, yeah, let's get that leaf blower up and shoot the chemicals back at the guys shooting them at us. So apparently the Homeland Security guys have shown up with air blowers, <laughs> and we're having dueling leaf blower fights. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm good with that. So that's one. 
we had, you know, so that I'm like, wow, American ingenuity, the dads with the leaf blowers, and apparently there's no shortage in leaf blowers. So I encourage all of you to order a leaf blower in case you need to blow back noxious chemicals at some protest you're going to be attending. But I thought that was so inventive. So that was one. Then two, we had the doctors. We had a bunch of doctors coming forward and saying, hey, guys, I think we need to shut the country down. Like, I think we need to do something here. Um, you know, like big bunch of doctors stepping forward to get the virus under control. Then two, Congress is jerking around with whether we're going to pay you another 600 bucks a week so you can be unemployed. But we also have all these these regulations that have been put in place that block people being homeless. And I had completely forgotten about that, the evictions and people going to be kicked out of their houses because they can't pay the rent. And, of course, that is... You know, when I look at my clients in Europe and my clients in Australia, the government said, we're not kicking you out. We're going to help you pay the rent. I mean, they actually gave them extra money to make sure they could pay the rent because the goal is to fight the virus, not to be kicked out of your house and live on the street with your kids because you can't work, because your job is closed, because the virus is here, right? So any rate, but that was, that was another one. I'm like, ooh, out the big evictions coming, right? And then last but not least, um, we had a lot of energy around uh, the vaccine. There was a vaccine, that they're, they're in clinical trials, that it's moving well. And I had heard that from a friend of mine whose brother works in NIH. He works in vaccines, actually. And um, I had heard there was an English one and there was a German one. And she goes, they're the, really, they're the ones that are really ahead. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go to England to get my vaccine. Right? So, so they're ahead. They're doing clinical trials. So those are our four stories that we're going to watch. And then last, of course, but not least, we had a story on the food with the migrant farm workers all living in camps. And they travel in dorms, you know, they live in dorms, and they travel on buses from farm to farm. So back to the food shortage. Somebody had written on Facebook, you know, you haven't said anything about the food shortage. I'm like, I said it. Get the food. You know, Don't forget the food for 130 days. So those are our stories that we're going to be watching. And then, of course, in Louisville, which also is on that red line, draw a red line from Portland all the way to South Carolina, the Louisville had uh, a bunch of guys with guns, another bunch of guys with guns, and then the Black Lives Matter people. So there was all these people there, like, protesting, but all with guns. So I was like, ooh, guns, guns make me nervous. But, you know, Kentucky's a carry state. So um, at any rate, we're definitely seeing what we're going to be working with for the next chunk. Now I want you to think about what happened for you, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, tomorrow like what what activated in your chart that you're going to be taking action on so in my case i had some stuff pop up here in my land and i'm like oh that makes sense i'm going to be working on that got it got it so you know in your own life where that aries kicked up and where it aspected the covid clump and more importantly where it entered its shadow so it entered, remember, when we do our retrograde planets, and every planet goes retrograde with the exception of the sun and the moon. So the personal planet's not so important, but they count too. But Mars, of course, goes retrograde every 18 months. Not a lot. doesn't happen often. So he enters his shadow at 15 yesterday, today, the next last couple of days, and he goes forward all the way up till September 9th when he stops at 29, and then he backs up all the way back to 15, on um, November 15th, November 13th, and then he stops November 13th, and he goes forward again all the way forward into, uh, he gets uh, out of Aries when we get to 
beginning of January, January 7th. I forgot one more. In New York, we have a contest here. Um, Governor Cuomo passed a bill. This is more of a local story, but it counts. Governor Cuomo passed a bill that we could vote by absentee, which I did. I did an absentee ballot for my congresswoman, Carolyn Maloney, who I like. She'd been in Congress for a while. But there was a young man who ran against her, and he had run against her before, and he did really well before. But Cuomo, in passing the bill, didn't specify when the date by him, because they were prepaid envelopes to vote with, they don't have a postmark on them. So they're trying to figure out what vote to count and what vote not to count because didn't it get in by the the date. So I'm like, ooh, mail-in vote stuff too because the Mars retrograde, of course, finishes on the 13th. So I'm like, oh, postage issues with mail-in voting because the Board of Elections has got no staffing in place if we have a huge virus thing for this you know, election. So that's another one, but that was more local. But yeah, so this energy is really potent this week, right? So we're really feeling it. And of course, we had a really nice juicy moon last week. Hopefully you did your rituals on Tuesday and Wednesday on the Leo moon, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the Leo moon, and Thursday, Friday on the Virgo moon. If you didn't do it, don't do it today or yesterday because it's a Libra moon and it's kind of crappy. No offense to the Libra moon, but it's got hard squares. But do it tomorrow because it's a Scorpio moon with nice, juicy aspects. This is a really nice new moon. Like, what is it you're looking to grow? Very potent. Sun and moon were opposite Saturn. I did a webinar, um, and it's got Eris squaring it, and it's got Venus on aspecting at the degree of the eclipse and Venus aspecting the Venus-Sun conjunction, the star point. So it's a very juicy new moon. So if you did not do a new moon ritual last week, do it tomorrow, do it Monday. Just sit down and go, okay, my vision for my life, big vision, lots of stuff. Kind of ride this energy. This is a very potent Mars, as you can tell. I'm having a Mars-Mercury square, so I'm talking really fast because I have a natal excitation right now. Um, but, yeah, you know, like take action, get stuff done, get out in the world, go, go, go. So that's the theme. Now, this week, as we come into this week, what we're going to have is Mars is going to make his first of the squares that he's going to make to the COVID clumps. And, of course, that's important. But that's not until uh, the 29th. That's not until Wednesday. But we're going to feel it. You know, we're going to feel Mars is coming in now to square those COVID clumps. And remember, what our job is when their energy is up there, we do not have to use it in the fight or the argument, which is Mars, Saturn, Pluto. But we can take that energy and be creative, like bring leaf blowers to a protest and blow gas back, (laughs) gas back at the guys showing pepper spray. And then right before I came on, in Ralph, there was some guy giving a woman a hard time because he wasn't wearing a mask, giving an employee of Ralph's a hard time because he wasn't wearing a mask. And he started ramming her with a grocery cart, and she pepper sprayed him, and he hit the ground. And then he's lying on the floor, and there's milk all over the floor because that's what takes out pepper spray. But, um, yeah, so Mars square Pluto, Mars square Saturn Pluto. And... Um, what are you going to do? It's all good. It's all forward motion, and we all have to stand up and say, this is what I think is important, this is why I think it's important, and this is what I want to do about it. Right? So that's the energy. And get your food supply in, okay? The migrant workers are saying, we're sick a lot. And so get your food in before it goes away. Ah, so this week, Mars squares starts the squares to the the outer planets. Um, he does square uh, Athena at eight at sixteen. 
Um, we also have the second Jupiter-Neptune. We have three Jupiter-Neptune sextiles this year. This is the second one. And Jupiter, of course, is how we're going to create and expand. Neptune is our dreams. So again, really important to do that ritual around how you're going to grow stuff. Mercury this week is in the back end of Cancer. So let's do these guys. Let's do the sun. Uh, well, we'll do an overview and then we'll come back. Mercury's at the back end of Cancer. <clears throat> so what he's going to do is he's going to go forward and oppose all the COVID planets. So I'll give you the dates for those. And he also has a square to Mars uh, on the 27th tomorrow, which is a little bit of a cantankerous aspect. Um, but he also is taking action about you know how to move forward with things. And so there's a lot of energy there. And Venus, of course, has a sextile this week. She's in Gemini. She has a sextile this week to Eris, the goddess of discord. So we can expect to see some discord out there and Venus cooperating with her. And Venus is going to be cooperating with Eris on August 1st. Okay? So forward forward we go. Um, so let's look at the moons. <clears throat> Today, as I mentioned, the moons in Libra. Closing aspect is tonight at 9.09 p.m., and it closed Moon Square Saturn, so it's a hard aspect. So the weekend, you know, yesterday and today, and even Friday night after 10 o'clock, were hard because the closing square, a little kick, little kick into the butt. Uh, it goes into Scorpio tomorrow, tonight at 12.12 a.m., and it's in Scorpio the 27th, Monday, and the 28th, Tuesday, and it goes void at midnight on the 29th. And it goes void with a sextile to Saturn. So the Scorpio moon, uh, Monday, Tuesday, excellent for your ritual. Yes, it is an opening square, but I would ride that energy. That new moon was really potent. And, of course, the moon in Scorpio is going to trine that point of the sun. So give it, give it a push. Uh, the moon goes into Sagittarius on Wednesday morning at 325. Again, these are Eastern times. And it goes void. Uh, so it's in Sagittarius all day uh, the 29th, and it's in Sagittarius the 30th, and it goes void at 8.08 p.m. on the 30th with Moon in Sag opposite Venus and Gemini, a little bit of a separating argument. Moon is void uh, Thursday night, and it bright and early on Friday morning, it goes into Capricorn at 7.58 a.m. It's in Capricorn on the 31st. It's in Capricorn on the 1st, Saturday the 1st, it's in Capricorn on the 2nd until 9.59 a.m. when it goes void with a conjunction to Saturn. So the weekend is a little bit hard, too. Not as bad as this weekend, but remember when the planets are in cardinal signs, the moon's in cardinal signs or planets in cardinal signs, they're going to be having a hard aspect to the big guys. Um, and then the moon goes, it goes void at 9.59 a.m. on the 2nd, and it goes into Aquarius at 2.11 p.m. on Sunday, and then it's a full moon on Monday the 3rd, and the moon goes void at 5.45 p.m. on the next day. So the moon in Aquarius closes with a trine to Venus, which is nice. So that's Sunday afternoon, right, from 2.11 on. So basically, the week has pretty good moons, right, because um, – especially the Scorpio moon. The the I don't dislike moon and Venus opposite uh moon moon and Venus oppositions. I don't find that generally as hard. I mean, you you know, the feminines are arguing, but usually they don't really pull hair or anything like that. So, it's not that bad. Um we also have a lot of tension energy um because Venus is super busy this week, right? And a lot of collaborative energy 
with that Scorpio moon um, as it aspects the personal planet. So a lot of emotional work on the Monday, Tuesday. And then at the end of the week, when we get to the Sag moon, the moon in Sagittarius is having a hard aspect to um, some of the planets, and Venus is moving into a little bit of a cranky, crabby aspect. So it's it's like personally irritating, but it's not like kick-ass, excuse my French for the young people in the audience, it's not like kick-butt, it's not like kick-butt energy. So it's it helpful, you know, moving forward. And most important, figure out what you're going to be fighting about between September 9th and November 13th because you got the shadow. The shadow came and told you just the other day, just Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. All right, so sun this week is in Leo, 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 Leo. We love the sun in Leo. It's his favorite sign. He's a happy guy. He has a biquintile. Um, to the note of fate, so you want to watch who you meet, people that come in that you go, wow, you're kind of interesting. I could, I could like you. On the 27th, Venus aspects the sun, and there's a biquintile to Ceres, so there's a lot of really nice creative energy. Of course, it is a moon in Scorpio. Scorpio moons are fertile, creative, and abundant, right? I mean, they're, they're considered a detriment, but think of swamps. Swamps are very fertile. Uh, sun has health aspects, <clears throat> so we're going to continue to see the COVID numbers climb um, over the week. 28th, it aspects Jupiter. On the 30th, it aspects Pluto. Those are going to be death aspects, and it's got a sesquiquadrate to Neptune on the 28th, which is a little bit of an out-of-control, runaway, 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 runaway train. Then he has Sun has a square to Uranus. Sun in Leo squares Uranus and Taurus. That's happening on August 2nd next Sunday, and that's kind of an aha moment, a separating moment, a you're done moment, we're finished, we're releasing moment. So it's a lot of really nice energy saying it's over. And so that's helpful. Um, the Mercury this week goes from 16 Cancer to 27 Cancer, so it's moving pretty quick. It's moving two degrees a day. And Mercury this week is opposite everybody. Right, so he's in Cancer. He's very sensitive. The first couple days, he's answering to Scorpio. The next two days, he's answering to Sag. So he's a little bossy on the 28th, the 29th, and the 30th. And then when we get to Capricorn, he's like, "There's a right way and a wrong way," and that's going to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So remember, Mercury uh, in Cancer really shifts based on what the Moon is doing. So you're going to find the communications pretty emotionally volatile. So Mercury squares Mars uh, tomorrow, the 27th. Mercury, and as I said, I'm talking really fast because I have one of those in my chart, and that also means I'm having a natal excitation. So I got really excited about the leaf blowers today because I found that very funny. Um, oh, my, because I couldn't figure out why are fathers showing up with leaf blowers to a protest? And then I'm like, oh, wow, American ingenuity, man. You know, you got to love it. Uh, so Mercury opposite Athena, that happens on the 28th. Mercury opposite Jupiter, that happens on the 30th. So we're really seeing stuff. We're saying things. We're talking truth to power. We're saying this is what's appropriate. This is not appropriate. Remember, Mercury's in Scorpio, so he's strategic. Then when he's in Sagittarius, he's in Bossy. And then when he's Capricorn, he's like, that's not right. He trines Neptune on the 30th, so he's speaking that. And then he opposes Pluto on the 1st, so that's a Capricorn. Mercury 
uh, moon in, moon, Mercury in Cancer answering to a Capricorn moon opposite Pluto in Cancer. So that's a big truth. Speak truth to power next Saturday on August 1st. And then Mercury has a square to Eris on the 1st. Very, very, very argumentative day. Okay, the 1st next Saturday. You know, it's really not a good day to go to your summer house and argue with your friends. Um or your vacation with your partner. It just everybody goes in their own direction next next Monday on, on August first, next Saturday, and then Mercury has a hard aspect to Venus. You know where his feelings are a little hurt on the second, and a sesquiquadrate where he's crabby. Now remember, Mercury sesquiquadrate series is is that what your mother would want you to do? A couple couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, Snoop Dogg was mean to I think it was Gail King about some question and his mother called him up and yelled at him <laughs> and uh and he he went on the air and he apologized yeah my mother told me i wasn't behaving well so <laughs> you're all going to have your inner mother on august 2nd say to you really is this how i raised you right or you may say that to somebody is this how i raised you and then mercury hits vesta on the third which is a lot about home and hearth and how we're going to do it that's next monday of course and then it's opposite saturn Right. So Mercury is very active this week, looking at those Capricorn planets, the COVID clump, and talking to them in three very different tones. Venus this week, as we mentioned, she's in Gemini. She clears her shadow, so she's done with her retrograde story and is about to head off into the light. Uh, she does have a square to Neptune on the 27th, so that's an emotional placement. So Venus is in Gemini, squaring Neptune in Pisces. It also is very much a dream energy. So when we see Venus squaring Neptune, we know we're supposed to work with a dream. We know we're supposed to not look for perfection. We're going to look for possible, right? We're going to look for how can we work with this, even if it's not perfect. Um, a long time ago when I was a baby astrologer, I was down with visiting my friend David <clears throat> for the Philadelphia Flower Show. And... Um, there was this woman who had these amazing pictures. They were like three by three or four by four laser prints, gorgeous print. I mean, just stunning pictures of flowers at the moment of perfection. And I was looking at them and I was admiring them and I said, Dear God, you must have an amazing Venus. You look at these pictures, they're so beautiful. And she looked at me and she said, My love life sucks. <laughs> and I went, Ooh. So I looked at the Venus, the pictures, and I looked at her and I said, You have a Venus Neptune aspect. And she goes, I said, I'm an astrologer, blah, 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 here's my card. I said, what you need to do, because I love astrology when it improves things, I said, what you need to do is take pictures of ugly flowers, and you need to find the perfection and the beauty and the decay of the flower past the moment of perfection. And that will help you with your love life, because Venus, of course, seeks perfection, but there's only a moment when she's aspecting Neptune. There's only a moment of it. Then it starts to fall. It starts to, you know, that perfect moment when it's just perfect, and then it starts to decay and fall away and whatever. So take pictures of ugly flowers. So she's like, all right, looked at me a little crazy, and David and I wandered off because we, we love wandering the flower show. And it, it was about three or four years later, I get a note from her. I get a note in the mail, and I open it. She said, I don't know if you remember me. I'm the woman at the flower show, blah, 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 blah. She said, I was clearing my desk out. I found your business card, and I wanted to write. I went home. I started to take pictures of ugly flowers. I met my husband, and I have a baby, and I'm sitting here pregnant with my second. And thank you so much for that advice. 
And I'm like, oh. So this week when Venus squares Neptune, find the beauty in the ugliness. Find the beauty in the thing that you go, eh, it's not quite perfect. No perfection. Or only a moment, and then it falls away. And it falls away. So that Venus-Neptune square, very strong this week. Watch for the perfection. Watch for it shifting. Venus also has an adjusting aspect to Pluto, where she says to him, remember, Venus and Pluto are buds most of the time. And she says to him, Pluto, you know, I really don't like how you've been handling that. And she is forming a very quickly, a very rapid um, energy system with Pluto, where she's really working with him and inviting him to change and transform. Right. So remember, Venus in Gemini is very flirty and fun, and she's not serious, but she says stuff. And she kind of says it in a flirty way, kind of like the court jester does, but she means it, and you should listen to it. You know, because she does it with a little lilt, and she goes up, and you go, yeah, okay, got it. Okay, so this week, Venus is flirty, then she has a little tete-a-tete with Eris, the goddess of discord, on the first. Again, we can't have a bunch of more stuff on the first, right? So next Saturday, everybody stay home in your bed with the covers over your head, or if you go out, bring a leaf blower in case you have somebody shoot pepper spray at you. Um, Venus is semi-square Uranus on the second, which is a lot about changing the direction and shifting. Mars this week hits, he's at 16, 17 of Aries, right? So he is um, quintile the North Node, inviting you to a new adventure, a new direction on the 28th, the 27th, 28th. And he also has his first square to the COVID clump. He's going to square Pallas Athena on the 29th. Now, that one's an interesting one. So Mars squares Pallas Athena is our strategic approach to how we're doing things, right? So he's going to challenge it. And you want to look at, well, that was my strategic approach, but it appears to have failed or it appears to not be working. So now what do I want to take as my strategic approach? That's important. We talked a little bit about Jupiter sextile Neptune. This is a lot about working, practically working on your dream. This is phase two. Both, uh, you know, they're both retrograde. Is Neptune retrograde? Yeah, they're both retrograde. So they're both asking you to revise, and they will have a third and final sextile when we get to the fall where they say, ah, this is the dream, you know, Um and you, uh, there's a song that I love called Working on a Dream. You know, it's, it's like, go work on your dream. Um, Saturn this week on the 3rd of August, which is next Monday, parallel series, which kind of runs to, you know, he wants to commit to some kind of creative process, which is always very helpful. And then we also have Uranus sextiling series on August 3rd, which is all the work that you've done this week about what direction you want to create in. And Uranus, of course, is very fertile in Taurus, right? And he, he likes to grow things. And he's now leaving Taurus decant. He runs 0 to 10. He lives in Taurus. And he's going into the Virgo decant. So Uranus in Taurus is now going to be like, okay, so now this is how we're going to do it. You, you know, you know, we know I, I can talk mean things about Virgo because I'm one. We like it our way. We like it. And, you know, and, and I do, I mean, I've gotten older, so I've learned to have other people suggest, well, maybe we do it this way. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> but when Uranus goes into Virgo, everybody's going to be a little picky about how they want it. Well, I said I wanted it on the side and you put it on the, you put it on the salad not that we're eating in restaurants yet in New York, but you put it on the salad, and I don't really like it that way. Can I have another one? Or scrape it off. 
or I said no nuts. <laughs> you know, Uranus, they did something to it where you're like, what did you put in there? No, no, no. All right, so that's an energy that we're working with this week around creativity. And um, I remember one time I have a really good friend uh, named Cecilia, and she was dating a guy um, who had Saturn and Virgo, um, who will will go unnamed. But she was dating him, and, you know, and and she was a creative cook. She's a very creative cook. And one day she made something that was really not good. And normally, normally she's an amazing cook. And it was it was the um, the aspect actually was a Uranus sextile series and and we both kind of looked at it and and went wow this is really this is really interesting mm. you know how when you say interesting or they say weird it's really it's really not good <laughs> so you know watch what you eat on the third because it might not be good um, later uh, Pluto is opposite Vesta this week on the twenty seventh wanting to throw away things that's next Monday. I know we give you a little Monday, too, just to get you ready. And then Vesta is square to Eris, a lot of crabby cranky around the 29th. That, of course, is going to be the evictions. A lot of people losing their home Um, and figuring out what to do with it because all these children are now going to be homeless. And then last but not least, Pallas Athena squares uh, Juno on the 3rd. How are we partnering? What are we doing? How are we going to do it? What are we going to do? So that whole energy of how it works and what we do with it and what it's like, that's the energy of the week. So I encourage you to think back, you know, what happened yesterday, the day before, today, tomorrow, because uh, uh, Mars went into Aries, went into its shadow. So whatever your shadow was, it's been activated. I know what my shadow is. I was paying attention. Hopefully you were. It's not that far in the past, so you can remember and you'll have your new vision of it. And on that note, I wish you a happy week and a good week ahead. This is Ann Ortley signing off from the Bright Red Desk. Take care, and bye-bye.